Hey there, and welcome back to the Mindfulness with Art podcast. I'm really happy to be with you here today. Uh, yesterday we talked about, uh, or at least I talked about, um, awareness. And awareness is a really, really important uh, aspect of mindfulness because uh, a lot of times when, when we're living our lives without, you know, sort of paying attention to our awareness, um, that's that's when we get into these real uh, problems of, of, of really getting lost in our thoughts and and uh, and you know sort of getting when we get lost in our thoughts we tend to get a little judgy about them and we get to be a little critical about things and uh, and by developing a, a level of awareness or expanded a level of awareness it helps to to sort of mitigate the effects of of certain you know whether it's either judgment or criticism or even when something happens to us that like throws us off right it's it's important to or it's helpful anyway for when we have this expanded awareness to to you know it, it helps in the in the sense that when something does happen to you it's it has less of an effect okay yesterday i used the example of uh that comes from a, a wonderful uh teacher of mine uh named dan siegel uh who who likens awareness to the size of an espresso cup filled with water right and when you put a tablespoon of uh uh, salt into that water, it becomes undrinkable, right? And so that that would re- represent, you know, something happening to you in a, in just a regular day. You know, you're moseying along in your day, and all of a sudden, bam, something happens. You get triggered, right? And 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 it just seems like your whole life becomes just you know salt water at that point. And so if we can expand our awareness, which we do through mindfulness practices, uh, as we expand it to the, you know, I use the 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 analogy of expanding to the size of a swimming pool and then to a lake and then even to the ocean. And and when you can expand your awareness to, to everything that's happening around you there, um, you know, and, and the same trigger kind of happens, you don't even notice it, right? Because, you know, you put a, a tablespoon of salt into a swimming pool and you would never notice it, right? And so so that's the idea of awareness. And that's why it's really, really super important and a, and a really big focus of what we work on with mindfulness practices, okay? But today I want to talk about attention and and it's it's a, a strangely different thing from awareness but yet it's sort of uh, combined within it the way I look at attention is is it sort of lives within our awareness right it's like kind of the the intentional action based function of awareness if you will okay so so we can you know within everything that we are aware right whether that's um, things outside of us in terms of the five senses right things we can see say things we can hear, we can smell, we can touch, we can taste, right? As well as thoughts that we can have and, and, you know, emotions that we have, like things that are happening within our bodies that we, that we feel. And then furthermore, awareness of our physical bodies, right? Like the, the actual sensations that go on in our bodies, because as you may or may not know, uh, most emotions actually start as a physical thing within your body. It's not really a thought that starts an emotion. It's a physical, uh, sensation, right? And so, and so when we develop awareness of these things, that helps us to sort of monitor what's going on, okay? And then, and then finally, you have awareness of of other people and and other you know uh, animals and and creatures and and the weather and and all these other things that happen, right? And so, so that's a whole world of things that you can be aware of, right? But your attention is something that is a specific, um, you know, kind of uh, uh, a specific sort of driven thing, right? So, so like you can direct 
direct your attention to any one place, or you can open your attention to be just, you know, receiving whatever it is from all of those, you know, technically like eight different senses that we can talk about. Um, you know, I know that there's really only five senses, senses, but a lot of people consider in, in the mindfulness world, a lot of people consider thoughts to be a sixth sense, right? Because, you know, you, you can, uh, you know, you can, uh, you know, get a, uh, um, uh, an experience of something like a, a, a sight, like something you might see and, and a certain part of your brain lights up when that happens, but you can light that same part of your brain up through a thought, right? And, and similarly, it can be done through an emotion, which is a, a bodily function. And it can also be done by, you know, just the experiences of other people. And in fact, there's a lot of work now being done by, um, uh, recently anyway, by, uh, psychologists and, and one, Daniel Goldman, who's a, a big, I'm a big fan of his, uh, he, he wrote a book a few years ago called uh, Social Intelligence, in which he illustrates how, you know, the, our brains are actually functioning with each other without us even knowing it. So, so there are, in fact, what, five, six, seven, yeah, about eight senses that you can really talk about, um, which is kind of intense and, and kind of cool. But anyway, not what we're talking about today. Uh, to, so what we're talking about today is, is attention, which is, you know, where we can direct our focus focus on any of these senses. Okay. And, and, you know, again, whether internal senses or external senses, you know, um, you know, so, so again, I consider attention to be sort of the purposeful and intentional action of our awareness. Okay. Um, and however, in a way, you know, attention also allows you to sort of find your awareness, right? So, so like when you do get that, you know, like that closed down awareness and, and something's triggering you, you can direct your attention to other parts of your awareness, which will help you then to expand it. Okay. So it's, it's really tricky kind of stuff, um, which is why I want to cover it here because it's not as cut and dry and as simple as, as maybe we might take it for. Okay. Um, so now a lot of times in this, um, that, so, so anyway, there's, there's two different ways in which you can look at, um, at attention. Okay. So there's, there's what we call a focused attention, right? Which is like, you know, like when, if we're, you know, to put it in the, in the uh, realm of mindfulness and meditation, like when we're sitting there counting our breaths or really focusing on our breath, right? That is a focused attention. You're, you're, you're trying to, to sort of not, not necessarily block everything else out, but, but if you find yourself paying attention to something else, what you do is you try to bring your attention back to that breath. Okay. And that's, and that's a specific practice. You can think of um, uh, focused attention as being um, uh, one of the best uh, analogies that I like is the, um, is like sunlight through a magnifying glass, right? When you can like literally like light a leaf on fire, um, you know, with that kind of focused attention of the, uh, of the sun going through a magnifying glass, you know, to like pinpoint it, right? Um, And, uh, and Chade Mang Tan, who is, uh, I've mentioned him several times before too, some of the, one of the other people that I follow a lot. Um, he is a former engineer at Google who created the Search Inside Yourself program, which is the best named mindfulness program ever in, in the history of mankind and 
probably for the future of mankind. Anyway, he, he has a couple of really great quotes about uh, focused attention and its opposite, which is called, uh, you know, not necessarily its opposite, but with the other kind of attention, which is called open attention. And I'm going to go through that in a second. But but the quote that he uses for focused attention is, it's really beautiful. Um, so he says that it is a mind like a closely guarded royal palace where only the most honored guests are allowed to enter and all others are courteously but firmly turned away. Okay, now again, you could you could bring that back to the uh, example of meditation, right? Where you're you're sitting there, you know, focusing on your breath, and and while you're doing that, you know, you you think about like, okay, what am I having for dinner tonight? You know, and 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 that's a that's not an honored guest in that sets in that situation, right? You're you're trying to intentionally focus on your breath, so when that thought of of what's for dinner tonight comes in, that is one of those other people who are who are courteously but but firmly directed to leave okay and so and the way we do that is that we acknowledge that they've come and we don't judge them and we simply you know we simply acknowledge again that our mind has wandered and that this other guest has come into the house and we simply ask it to leave we, we show it the door you know firmly because then we direct our our attention back to our breath okay um so now, as I said, that that's the one. Uh, that's one of the two types of attention that we talk about in mindfulness practices, and the other type is called open attention. Now, now I don't necessarily think of it as an opposite of. I mean, I guess it kind of is an opposite, but but in a way, it's like it's opposite in the sense of a yin yang to me. Okay, so so like you know, like you, you kind of balance the focus attention with open attention. It's almost like they work in tension with each other, okay, um, to form your entire, uh, you know, awareness and, and, and ability to pay attention. So, so it's kind of uh, interesting that way. But anyway, um, open attention is, is literally exactly how it sounds. It's just, it's open to receive anything at all, okay? So, so when you're in meditation, there's a specific kind of meditation I'm going to go over at the end of this uh, uh, podcast here that, um, that when you're in open attention, you're literally inviting any thought, any feeling, any sensory input, any you know uh, bodily feeling, anything at all. You're inviting it all in, and and you're literally you know you're you're just like open to whatever. Okay, um, you know one of the great um, uh, sorry one of the great examples of this, or metaphorically examples of this, would be like a blade of grass or or, or a, a wheat field that's just sort of swaying in the wind, right? Whichever way the wind blows the wheat goes with it, right? And it doesn't doesn't try to change it. It doesn't try to stop it. It doesn't try to fight it. It literally just flows with it, right? So that would be the essence of an open aware, uh, open attention, okay? And uh, and again, Chade uh, Mangtan has a has a great uh, metaphor for this as well. He calls it a mind like an open house with a friendly ghost, a friendly host, where everyone who walks in is welcomed as an honored guest, okay? A mind like an open house with a friendly host, where everyone who walks in is welcomed as an honored guest, okay? So in that sense, when you're sitting there uh, doing your meditation and you think of dinner, you 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 might say, huh, that's interesting that I'm thinking of dinner. Uh, you know, I must be hungry. I don't feel hungry. Let me examine that. Oh, wow, I do feel a little sensation in my belly. That that indicates that I might be hungry, um, you know. But I I you know now all of a sudden I realize that I have.
haven't eaten in a few hours. And, and the last thing that I did eat, you know, was very light and it's left me feeling very good. So when I do eat, I should try to eat something that's not too heavy. It, you know, these kind of things. And that would be totally fine in open attention in, uh, in meditation. So, um, so we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get into a great practice, as I said. Um, so uh, you know, basically, you know, mindfulness itself practices both of these, right? So like when you're in, uh, you know, when you when you're sitting there doing your basic breathing meditation, right? Um, you're, you know, or, or just in general when you're doing mindfulness practices, not even a meditation, like even when you're doing your dishes mindfully, for instance, right? Um, when your attention wanders away, you bring it back to, to what it is that you're doing, right? And that's practicing a focused attention, right? But at the same time, you know, one of the things that we do with um, with mindfulness all the time is to practice non-judging and letting go and right and so when we're when we're practicing non-judging and letting go of, of grasping or of, of striving for something or, or letting go of a particular outcome well right there you are practicing an open attention right and so um, and so the and the beautiful thing is that in the same way that mindfulness develops open and focused attention practice Practicing open and focused attention will help your mindfulness exercises as well. So it becomes this great positive loop that just sort of strengthens each other in a really, really beautiful way. Okay. Um, so now here's the thing. Um, you know, I, I like to, you know, in, in this day and age, like a lot of people have uh, have at least some experience with the idea of got to get into shape and got to go work out on some level, right? And so I use a lot of the, uh, a lot of times I use the analogy of, of working out when I talk about mindfulness uh, practices, meditation, and, and everything that goes with it, right? So so in this in the sense that like, you know, let's say somebody wants to lose, you know, 10 or 20 pounds of weight, right? Um, or just somehow get some kind of exercise going right like like a doctor will tell you that that you can just take a walk every day and and, and eventually you'll get the effects of the uh, the positive physical effects of taking a walk every day right so like you'll you'll eventually like if you if you adjust your diet and you just walk for you know a mile every day you will eventually lose the weight that you're looking to lose i mean eventually right um however you know working out and, and jogging or riding a bicycle or you know or running on a treadmill or something uh or an elliptical trainer the way I do, you know, that will get you that result that much faster. Okay. And so, um, so the idea is that, that we could just sit here and do our mindfulness practices and we would help to develop this open and focused attention. However, as I just said, by, by, you know, by practicing something intentionally and sort of exercising, just like getting yourself to the gym, you're going to get the, uh, the effects that much faster. And it's going to affect both that much faster, right? So it's going to affect, you know, not only your ability to, to hold open and focus attention, but also you're going to uh, affect your mindfulness practices as well. You're just going to make it stronger. And, and again, it's just like building, you know, muscles in a gym. Okay. Um, and so before I get, so, so what we're going to talk about then is, is a circuit training. Okay. Um, and before I get into that, I just want to cover, uh, one more thing here that, um, so there, there's, there's basically some really great benefits of, of practicing this open and focused attention. Okay. Um, and I'm just going to go through a few of these. Okay. Just real quick. And then I'm going to get into this great practice that I have for you. So, so the first thing is, um, the first thing 
everything that comes out of of um, of practicing both focused and open attention, right, is is meta attention. Okay, the attention of attention, right? Because a lot of times, you know, or you could even say the awareness of awareness, right? Like so, so picture yourself in a movie theater, right? Like like sometimes you might get lost in the plot of a movie theater, and and then all of a sudden you realize like, whoa, I'm sitting in a movie theater watching this movie. You know, it's like you know, so so the ability to like always have that level of of understanding that like you know like like I'm paying attention to the fact that I'm paying attention to this movie you know it's like it's it's an interesting thing that that happens in the brain which is very very good for you to develop okay because it, it keeps you grounded and again, it, it helps to, you know, to, this grounding that you develop through that helps when things, you know, because not just in a movie theater, but it could be like on the subway or it could be at work or it could be, you know, wherever you are. And, and, and this grounding will, will help when... Um, when things like triggers happen and, and, you know, and, and it will sort of keep you immune from the whole trigger, uh, process and, and the effects of a trigger. Okay. Um, the second thing is a clarity of attention, right? So when you practice these, uh, open and focused attentions, um, you know, you, you, you kind of, you know, develop a clarity and a vividness of your attention, right? Because again, it's just like doing weightlifting in a gym, right? Um, so, so in a, a great example of that is like a good flashlight, right? Like if you shine a good flashlight in one spot on the wall, it is it is bright as you see it. But if you wave it across the, the rest of the wall, a, a really good flashlight will stay just as bright, right? And so that's kind of the sense. Like it, it keeps its clarity and it keeps your, um, your you know, it keeps the, the awareness of whether you are focused or open in your attention, right? And, and you'll begin to notice your ability to pay attention in both ways more easily and more readily. So that really comes in handy when like, let's say you're in a meeting and you need to really focus on what somebody's saying because it's going to affect, you know, how you're going to do your job tomorrow, next week, whatever project that you're doing, right? The ability to really pay attention to that is important. However, if you go into another meeting and you're in like a brainstorming, uh, you know, sort of session of some sort, you know, then the openness of your attention really comes into play, right? And so the ability to have both and to control both can really be beneficial to a lot of people in a lot of different ways. Um, Another thing is that, um, you know, both of these, as well as mindfulness in general, uh, you know, kind of requires a balance of effort and relaxation. Okay. So, so like when you're meditating, for instance, or, or when you're doing a lot of things in life, right? If you, if you try too hard, I'm just using the example of meditation because it's very easy to illustrate. So if you're sitting there in a, in your formal posture, whatever that is, right. And you try too hard, it becomes tiring and you, and you lose the ability to like stay with it right you know however if you if you're too relaxed right you you might doze off you might find yourself you know I've, I've woken myself up snoring in meditation before you know and so so the the ability to sort of uh, make that balance is a really powerful thing as well and and again by practicing the open and focused attention you know really enhances that ability you know works that part of your brain again like a muscle right and then um, and then beautiful Beautifully, you know, by the last thing here is is beautifully by by practicing both of these, it, it invites you and your mind into a state of flow. 
okay? And that is where the magic happens, my friends, okay? Uh, when you're in a flow state, you're able to, you know, picture something that you do really, really well, right? Like, you know, and it could be something basic, like even like, you know, cleaning the, the house or doing dishes or, or something like that. You know, even though I recommend doing dishes by focusing on the dishes, you know, you can do dishes, you know, perfectly well without really, you know, focusing on them. And you can, you can sort of keep your mind open to other things that's going around you. Like, so, so you could have a conversation with your spouse or with your significant other, um, you know, or, or somebody, anybody else in your life, you can have a conversation with, you know, while you're doing the dishes, you know, and that's a flow state okay now again I talk about you know doing the dishes by focusing on the dishes as part of a practice of mindfulness but the reality is that that it's easy to enter a flow state while you're doing dishes in which you're able to to you know have a conversation at the same time as you're doing the dishes right and so and so that's a really um, that's a really beautiful thing uh, to get into a state of flow and and by practicing these open and focused attentions you know you're going to be able to achieve a, a state of flow, not only in your meditation, but also in other areas of your life. And, and that is only going to enhance, like anytime you can achieve a state of flow, you're going to be in a more creative place, you're going to be in a more, uh, you know, a more capable place, and, and you're going to have better results of whatever you're doing. So, so it's all good. So, um, so that's something else that, uh, that is, um, you know, enhanced by practicing these open and focused awareness, uh, attentions rather. Apologies. Um, so how do we do it? Right. And, and this is where the good stuff is. And <coughs> pardon me. I'm really glad to share this, um, this practice with you. Um, so, you know, um, in athletics, you know, again, going back to the gym, in athletics, you know, you, you have like, a, you know, in order for a, a, an athlete to be really well-rounded and, and people who are really on a higher level of, of you know, of fitness and, and athletic performance, right, they do something called circuit training, okay? Now, circuit training... For an athlete, it might look like, you know, running for 20 minutes on the treadmill and then getting off the treadmill and lifting some weights with, your, you know, doing some, uh, you know, uh, upper body or arm weights, right, and do like 20 or 40 reps, then get back on the treadmill run for another 20 minutes and then do some leg exercises. And, and so the idea is that you're doing, uh, you're working on your stamina and your cardiovascular exercise, right? And then doing your strength training, you know, in juxtaposition, right? And so when you're doing that, you know, you're, you're creating the, the science behind that is that your, you know, your muscle tension is going to, you know, increase, you know, faster by doing that sort of back and forth thing, as opposed to just running um, on the treadmill and then and then going through five or six different types of weights and then hitting the shower, right? So if you if you really want to get to that next level of athletics, you know, you would do more of a circuit training where you would you know you would kind of you know go back and forth between the two, and that's going to enhance both you know both aspects that you're doing. It's going to enhance further, right? So you're gonna your weight training is going to be more effective, and so is your cardio training going to be more effective, right? And I mean, I'm not really very up on the, the science of how that works in the body, but that is how it works. So uh, you'll just have to trust me on that or Google it and see what you think. So um, however, something that I am on the uh, the science on is is how this works in meditation, okay? And um, and so what we do in meditation is we, we do a circuit training of, 
of meditation. So, and by doing that, what that looks like is, you know, spending, you know, say about three minutes or so of, of, uh, focused meditation, right. Which is, you know, which is focused attention, which is, um, you know, really, you know, paying attention to your breath. And, and when your mind wanders, you, you notice that it's wandered, you bring it back and you focus back on your breath. Okay. That's the standard classic meditation that, that everybody talks about. Okay. And then what you do in circuit training meditation is you, you go from that to a, to, you know, for three minutes of that, you then switch to an open, uh, uh, attention meditation in which, you know, you, you go from, from focusing on your breath, you then turn your attention to, to everything. Right. And again, it can be bodily sensations. It can be, um, you know, outside sensory things like the, the light coming through your, your eyelids that might be closed or, or the sounds of, of, you know, the construction going on outside your house or, or the, uh, you know, the running water in another, you know, in a bathroom or the kitchen in your house or, or it could be, you know, an aroma of, of something, or it could be a, uh, a taste in your mouth. Right. And, um, and it could also be your, you know, the feeling of your skin on the, on the seat or, or the skin touching your clothes or whatever, you know, and, and again, it can also be your thoughts. It could be anything that comes into your mind. A lot of times I like to, in open attention, I like to just really look at my thoughts that are just flowing through my, my mind and, and try to see like, like is, is a thought like, um, you know, do they come really quickly or do they come slowly and do they, and, and when they come and go, are they immediately replaced by something else or, or, or is there a gap between my two thoughts? And, and sometimes I even try to count my thoughts, you know, and that's really an interesting practice, which we'll go through another time. Um, and then, and then of course it could also be emotions, right? And it could be, and and like I said, it could also be body, bodily sensations, which are kind of tied to emotions. Um, but it can be, you know, any of that, right? When you're in open, uh, open attention meditation. And, uh, and so the practice of circuit training for meditation would be spending three minutes on focused, then switching to three minutes on open, and then switch back to three minutes on focused, back to three minutes on open, and on and on and on for however long you're willing to sit or, or you want to sit in that particular, um, uh, you know, session. And so, um, so what that does, again, the, the benefits that I just named with the meta attention, the, um, the clarity of your attention, the, uh, the ability to focus or, or to open, uh, and then that, that ability to get into a flow state. Okay. These all come as a result of this kind of practice. And so that's why I cannot recommend this more, uh, than I do. Okay. And I do it a lot. Okay. Um, now there's two ways to do it, right? You can do it with a guided meditation, right? Um, actually Dan, Siegel has a great meditation called the uh, the Wheel of Awareness, which I touched upon yesterday. I'm going to do a whole podcast just on the pod, on the uh, Wheel of Awareness. Uh, Doctor Siegel was kind enough to allow me to use it in my work uh, with his permission, and um, and I do because it's really fascinating. What he's done is he's combined um, not only the open and focused attention uh, in the 
in the wheel of awareness meditation, but he's also combined that with a body scan. And, um, and I want to say there was another one too, but we'll get into that tomorrow. So, so you can do a guided meditation like that, or you could certainly find a, a guided meditation for open and focused, uh, attention on the internet somewhere. I have one in my work that you're welcome to use. Um, or what I do with a lot of people is once they've tried a, a guided meditation a few times, sometimes it's good to just sort of like take the training wheels off the bike and, and do it on your own. Right. And in which case, what I've done is I've just recorded and you could do this on your own too. Like you don't need my, you know, recording of this, but, uh, but basically I take a chime that I had in my house and I, I set my iPhone to record. Right. And, and every three minutes I hit the chime. Right. So, so basically it's, it's just a, a track with every three minutes, a, a bell rings. Okay. So that you can, you know, so a lot of times what I tell people to do who I work with my clients and my, my friends, I, um, who are one and the same, by the way, uh, because when we work on this kind of stuff, it's impossible not to develop compassion for one another and to, to develop a friendship. It's a really a beautiful thing. It's one of the greatest benefits of what I do for a living. Um, and so, and so what I do is I tell them to just play that track, right. And, and just, you know, start out with the focused, uh, attention, which is the basic, you know, just focus on your breath, you know, and, and when your mind wanders, you, you realize it's wandered, bring it back, focus on your breath. Again, you might do that with counting your breath. Uh, you know, you just might do it with just watching it. It's up to you. Uh, and then when the chime goes off, then you open up your attention and you just let everything flow in, right? Whatever you're hearing, seeing, touching, smelling, tasting, uh, or, or thinking or feeling or whatever sensations, you know, you let that all in. And then, and then the chime goes off again, you switch back to your breath and you watch your breath and you do that. And for three minutes, and then the chime chime goes off again. You open it back up, and and doing this exercise is not only really beneficial, but it's super pleasurable. I I can't even. It's hard to describe how nice it feels to go back and forth with these two uh, types of attention and 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 these meditations because you know you just really you're kind of like you you're just you know it's like it's like a lot of effort for three minutes, and then it's no effort for three minutes. It feels so good, and then it feels great to switch back, and then switch switch back again. It just, just feels wonderful. Um, so yeah, it feels good and there's great, great, uh, results that you're going to get out of it. So I, I really, really strongly urge all of you who are listening to this, uh, any of you who are listening to this to, uh, to, to explore that and try it out. Okay. Now, again, you can find me in lots of different ways. Um, I have a Facebook page called mindfulness with art hit me up there. Uh, my email is, uh, actually my, my wife and it department. Um, she just developed a, she just opened up a new, uh, email for me. So it's art at artburnscoaching.com, or you can go with my artburnsmiles at gmail.com. Um, and, uh, and how else can you reach me? Um, I guess I'm on I'm on fi- uh, LinkedIn. I'm I'm all over the place. So so you can you can find me, and uh, and I'd love to hear from you. And and if I do hear from you, I'll give you some of these practices. So so please reach out and say hi. Um, and so yeah, so that's today's uh, podcast for you. I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, I hope you find some of this stuff uh, beneficial. And um, I would really really enjoy to uh, to tell you some more. 
uh, in person. And uh, if not in person, I'm going to be back again tomorrow with another podcast. And I think tomorrow maybe we'll do the Wheel of Awareness podcast because it's really, really, really intense. You know, I know yesterday I described it a little bit uh, in its very basic form, uh, but there's so it's such a rich level of, of work that Dr. Siegel does. And, and I just I, I so appreciate him for what he does. Um, he is tirelessly busy. He writes and, you know, publishes books after book after book he he does these guided meditations he's just an all-around good guy you know and and i just i i i just want to support him as much as possible so i think tomorrow we'll talk about that and uh so uh, since there's nothing else to say i will just tell you goodbye and before i do i'm going to tell you that i wish you well my friends okay take care have a great day